Hi there. I'm David Leach, Chair of the Department of Writing in the Faculty of Fine Arts at the University of Victoria. I'm your host today of the debut episode of the Writing Department's as-yet-untitled podcast. We are very excited to be launching this podcast. I'm here 16 years and one month after the first iPod came out. That's one thing you can say about the Department of Writing. We are not going to chase every fad out there. So now, writing the tale of the podcast hype cycle, we are ready to roll tape. I'm delighted to have in the studio today, Bill Gaston. Uh, Bill is the longest serving professor in the Department of Writing, uh, certainly the most prolific. He was hired to teach drama uh, at UVic in 1998, lured away from the University of New Brunswick, where he had been the editor at the Fieldhead, Canada's oldest literary journal. Uh, Bill has written plays, poetry, screenplays as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Screenplays, memoir, novels, and short stories. And it's for his fiction that he has achieved a reputation as one of the modern masters of the story form, and for which he was presented in 2003 with the inaugural Timothy Finley Award for a Body of Work. I'm not going to even try to list how many books he has published because I'm sure the number is wrong on our department website <laughs> and, and likely any website. Welcome, Bill. Hi, David. So uh, let's talk about your body of work for a bit and how you built it. When did you uh, know that uh, you wanted to be an author? Oh, my God. <clears throat> I think pretty early on. Uh, I grew up in Winnipeg when uh, in the era where black and white TV was just in the first little spasmodic throes of becoming color TV. And we had two stations and it was 40 below half the year. So uh, I grew up um, playing hockey and reading. I read a ton. So my heroes were hockey players and authors. So I was a little kid, eight, eight years old or something like that. And um, I, I loved um, authors. And I kind of wanted to be one, just as, almost as much as I wanted to be a hockey player. Oh, yeah. And which were your favorite, what was your favorite author and hockey player at the time? Oh, okay. Well, when I was a little kid, I, you know, I read the Hardy Boys and um, actually Scott Young, um, Neil Young's dad. <laughs> he wrote a bunch of hockey books and a few other books. Uh, he was a hero, early hero. And uh, Tim Horton. Okay. Of, do of donut, donut fame, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, what was your you studied at UBC? What was your experience yeah. like as as a I guess a writing student or a student of literature? Yeah. Well, I, I moved from I was an English lit student, and but I went into English lit thinking uh, all along that I wanted to be uh, a writer, and so might as well read the uh, you know the canon and learn from them. Big mistake. You know, I don't know. I could have read all that stuff on my own. Um, got into that kind of f f level, you know, finicky level of analysis of literary texts really isn't good for a writer. Um, writing is all about kind of falling into spontaneous voice and just going for it and nothing to do with it studying English Lit, not much to do with it anyway. So I got kind of tired, did an MA in English Lit and I got tired to the point where a PhD made me, the thought of a PhD made me sick. Um, really made me kind of nauseous. So I wandered across the one one single street, the mall it's called, into the creative writing department. And I remember uh, Doug Bankson, the chair at the time, he uh, was dressed in jeans and a jean jacket that was torn. He was completely unpretentious. 
and he wore work boots, which he kind of clomped up onto his desk, his work boots, and said, oh, yeah, you're going to come here? Sure, fine, you know, show me some work. And I instantly loved the place. It was just this kind of casual air about it. It was all about the work and not about the, I don't know, the pretension. Great. Okay. Uh, where do your uh, story ideas come from? Oh, um, everywhere, really. I'm kind of um, on the lookout uh, for good ideas. I have these antennae sticking out of my head. It's kind of there. They're there habitually now. So whenever something excites them, my writer's antennae, they kind of start to quiver and I have an idea. It could be, generally speaking, it's the thought of a character in a place with a problem that excites me or interests me. I want to see what happens to that person. And that's the germ of a story, usually. And it it could come from a newspaper headline. It could come from my own deep neurosis about something or a family member or a friend or something like that, something on TV, anywhere, really. And do you keep a notepad of just ideas or just keep them in the back of your head until they germinate? Yeah, I I used to keep a notepad. Uh, I'd wake up or come out of my stupor at one in the morning and jot something down beside the bed. Uh, I stopped doing that. I got kind of lazy with it. Figuring that, you know, if a story was, if an idea was worth its salt, it would return to me and return to me and never go away, which turns out to be the case. You know, if it's, so if it's a worthy idea, um, it seems to keep bugging me until I start to write it. Uh, though I still think a notepad's a good idea because I know some real, I know some gems have been lost, uh-huh. especially when you get to my age and your memory is kind of almost no longer there at all. Okay, great. Uh, tell us about your recent books. And I know you usually have a recently published book that you're perhaps promoting. You've got the next one in the publication queue that's that's coming out soon. And then usually at least one, if not several, <laughs> uh, on the go. So t- tell us about all of them and how they kind of fit together in your, in your life and imagination. Oh, yeah, you kind of, uh, you know, pegged me, I guess. Uh, yeah, I just finished touring uh, my latest collection, my seventh collection of short stories. <clears throat> and, um, uh, you know, a co- collection isn't a big deal anymore. I think, you know, um, a collection of stories is really mm, about as popular as a collection of poetry in terms of audience. It's really not that big. So uh, using the word touring it is a, uh, you know, a bit of a exaggeration these days. There's a, several festivals. But I'm glad to be back from that. And yeah, I have a memoir, a second memoir coming out in in May, which uh, while I was on the road, I was doing final uh, edits, last pages, the finicky stuff. And uh, also while on the road, and now I'm kind of halfway through uh, first of the draft of a uh, novel. So I'm. Uh, it's, it's nice to have three stages of a book that is a finished book to read from and one to finish the edits on, and one to do the raw first draft. I like that kind of simultaneous load. Great. Can you give us uh, the, the titles, at least of the uh, the published ones, so people can <laughs> add them to their uh, Christmas gift list? Oh, yes. And, yeah, and kind yeah. of birthday wish list for the others? Yeah, I think there's uh, only 21 days till Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah, it's called um, A Mariner's Guide to Self-Sabotage is the uh, collection of fiction. And it's not too early to pre-order the memoir, which is out in May, which is called Just the Let Me Look at You. It's with Penguin. Uh, 
it's actually here's another boy i'm a shill another plug here it's it's coming out it just in time for father's day that that that's what they that's what that's how they planned perfect its release date yep it's about it's about my daddy and his daddy who was a real a monster actually <laughs> my grandfather who i never met named osro was um quite a conundrum it's interesting. I mean, uh, you've written on all the different genres. What is the kind of a shift again into creative nonfiction or, or memoir like for you? I'm I'm liking it more and more. Uh, the first memoir, which was more of a joke book about my uh, old timer hockey experiences and playing around in Europe and China and stuff, it was it was as I liken it. Uh, uh, think about it it was like writing letters to a friend it was that casual it came that easily too and uh so that was really easy this one is a lot more serious and less funny because it's about a dire family history um but i still find it um i guess to put it in really simple terms it's easier to write about the truth because you don't have to uh, make up the story at all you're just kind of recording it it still has to be the right words and they have to be artful and all that but um I don't have to invent as much. So I like I'm liking it more and more. I don't know if I have a third one in me, but um I do like the form. Great. You've been uh, a teacher for years as well. What's your approach to uh or your philosophy to uh teaching emerging writers? I won't say young writers, but most of them are young. I guess um I don't really have a I don't have a good sound bite for uh, my philosophy except that Maybe I think I like to be encouraging. It's a difficult path if somebody's very serious about writing and choosing it as a kind of um, career or a creative path anyway. And uh, I like to not get in someone's way or step on dreams or that sort of thing. So I'm careful with that. So I like to be as encouraging as possible. Following that, I like to just encourage people to find a voice um, or voices and to follow those and to try to get into that kind of the rhythm of a voice. Because once you can find um, a voice, it just gets a lot easier. The words can kind of take on their own energy and their own uh, focus and write themselves. Sounds a little uh, pie in the sky, but I think it's true. Great. Uh, you're married to a writer. You've got four very, very creative uh, kids, several of whom have come through our program, are poets, filmmakers, fiction writers in their own right. Well, why did you manage not to scare them off from the soul-crushing reality of the creative life? Or, or, or maybe the better question, or, or what are your dinner table conversations <laughs> like when they're all in town? Well, I try to swing it to uh, the Canucks' latest game, but nobody listens to me. Uh, actually we don't talk about writing all that much at all. Strangely, we're all kind of pretty focused on our own project. Sometimes we do, but sometimes usually we don't. It's usually about who's going to rake the damn leaves or that sort of thing. Or, uh, <clears throat> my latest bout with uh, arthritis. Uh, but it, it was a strange thing how I was the only writer at first. And then my wife, who used to be a dancer, um, she decided that she was too old and crotchety to dance anymore or teach dance even so she saw me uh she'd been with me long enough to see that in her words if bill can do it anybody can do it so she picked up the pen and worked like a dog of course but then soon enough she was publishing and now has published uh five or six books 
And then the kids, I don't know, they kind of saw both of us seemingly make a living and provide a decent house without seeming to work, <laughs> or at least <laughs> drive to work early in the morning and kind of keep our own hours. And they, I guess they like that. Uh, um, they're all now penniless and struggling and wondering what the hell they got into the arts for. Except our youngest. I guess she's the smartest. She's a biologist. Nice. Okay, great. Well, uh, my, my last question here. Uh, you have a star turn in the great 1974 NFB documentary, <laughs> Thunderbirds in China, about the experiences of the UBC hockey team on a groundbreaking goodwill visit to China. You also played hockey in the south of France after graduation and, and wrote the memoir, Midnight Hockey, all about beer, the boys, and the real Canadian game. So putting on your metaphorical hat, in what ways is hockey like creative writing? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Um, in one, in from a kind of commercial point of view, Almost nobody makes it to the pros. I didn't. Uh, it's 95% uh, perspiration. That's another link. Uh, the life of a professional is nothing like people think it's going to be. And um, the career is short and savage and covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Great. Any any last thoughts? Um well, uh I look forward to uh working with anybody who has listened to this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you teaching next term? Uh I think you're going to tell me what I'm teaching, David. <laughs> What am I teaching next term? Well, I think you well, you've got 202 <laughs> and 310. Oh, yes, that's right. Where? Yeah. And we still and we've, we still got uh, lots of uh, seats in your uh, writing three ten or a few seats. Yeah, yeah. If you want to learn how to write a novel. Yeah, that that that's the easy part. Short stories are way harder. <laughs> right. Great. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, David. Welcome back. I'm delighted to have in the studio today a former student from a professional writing minor in journalism and publishing and the co-founder and editor of Concrete Garden Magazine, Quinn McDonald. Welcome, Quinn. Hi, happy to be here. So uh, for listeners who have been living under a rock garden for five years, what is Concrete Garden? Uh, Concrete Garden is a local print magazine about sustainable urban agriculture. Uh, it was founded in the Writing 216 class about magazines, and we did such a good job on our final project that David suggested we turn it into a real thing, and it's been a work in progress since then. Uh, this year, we're excited to move to quarterly production, and we distribute across all across southern Vancouver Island and the Gulf Islands, and even a little bit in Vancouver. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to see it grow. I've got the uh, the new fall winter 2017-2018 issue in front of me. What are some of the themes and the highlights in this new issue? In this issue we kind of looked at food waste and the way it intersects with so many different areas of our food system. We looked at how food waste is now being used in schools for school lunch programs and the kind of dangers around relying on that. We also looked at the way it intersects with um, like food banks and how that's happening and how 
it's kind of creating a cycle of dependence and we need to get more local food in there. And just the overproduction and waste of the whole food system is something that we need to rethink. Uh, We also looked at some ways that food and traditional food systems of Indigenous people have been supplanted in these areas and how we can help with the resurgence and kind of decolonize our food system and support Indigenous communities as they are uh, regrowing their foods and reaccessing them and passing those traditions on to the younger generations. So those are some of the main things. And then we have all our sections which look at local people doing awesome stuff, uh, sustainable structures. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And where can people pick up a copy or get their hands on Concrete Garden? Um, a lot of them are probably gone from our main distribution points right now because we distribute them in October, but they'll be out again in January. There's a full list on our website, but you can also always send us an email and we'll send you one. Great. And you're working on your next issue. How can students or alumni or just curious citizen writers get involved with Concrete Garden? Yeah, we've got submissions open for our next one until December 15th. And you can send an email to concretegardenvictoria at gmail.com and send us a pitch. If you look on our website, you can also find our pitch guidelines. Um, We also, with the move to quarterly, we'll be booking stories beyond just our spring issue, which is going to come out in March. So yeah, we always want to hear ideas. And even if you don't want to write something and you just think there's something we should be covering in the community, like just send us an email. We love hearing from people. Fantastic. Now, uh, it's it's kind of bleak out there in the, the publishing landscape. <laughs> uh, newspaper jobs are disappearing, print publications are folding, and yet you decided to start a paper-based magazine. Why? Well, I wanted to go in, I've always wanted to go into magazine writing. I loved long form journalism. I love flipping through magazines. But as I got closer to graduation, I realized that wasn't going to be a career option for me. So I've also been working part time or at other jobs the whole time I've been running the magazine and running the magazine. It sustains itself, but it's not a career for me. But I, I think it's important to keep doing it and to keep providing those voices and those viewpoints. And I mean, it's it's what I've always wanted to do. So there's not really a lot of other ways to do it right now except to just make it happen okay great uh you're an you're an english major right with yes. the professional writing uh, honors honors don't forget the honors <laughs> honors english <laughs> professional writing uh minor and it shows in the the quality of the writing and editing of concrete garden it's got a beautiful design as well but as part of the the building process for the magazine you actually uh, competed in a business plan competition through uvic and actually beat out teams of, of business students how did it feel as a as a student from the humanities and, and fine <laughs> arts to beat those business students it was pretty validating um the uvic innovation center was like instrumental in me actually turning this into more of a business than instead of just a project uh they helped me make business plans and practice all that kind of stuff but i think it really helped that i already had a thing that existed (laughs) and i really believed in it and i had buy-in from the community instead of just like an idea for how i was gonna change the world or something i was able to point to a thing and point to readers and point to businesses that were interested in us and I think that made a big difference but it was definitely pretty validating to beat some business bros. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, You also recently appeared on our Harvey Southam 10th anniversary panel uh, which looked at the future of journalism in the age of fake news and you described yourself to the audience as as the token millennial (laughs) on the panel. Uh, What do you think the future of journalism and publishing is for your generation? Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of really bright people who are kind of making that future. But I think there's a lot of people like me who've also, you know, journalism is a great hobby. Now you have to kind of have 
a job. There are some digital platforms who are doing really well and doing exciting things, but we don't know how those are going to play out long term. I don't want to be too bleak, but it's it's hard to like to know how hard I've struggled just to pay the bills while trying to do this and then kind of listen to people who have still a utopic view of journalism. So I, I think I found on the panel that there were a lot of people at the end of their careers who were able to be more hopeful because they were already retiring. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's all it's all bleak. There are these other platforms. There's a lot of stuff we can leverage, and I do think that things are starting to turn around, and people are starting to realize that they do have to pay for things if they want them to exist. Uh, but yeah, for any aspiring journalists out there, I would say make sure you have something to pay the rent, and then go do your pitch. And subscribe to Concrete yes. Garden. <laughs> and subscribe to just other, if you want things to exist, you have to pay for them. So that's kind of what I've been hammering at for a while. Great. You also uh, worked as a teaching assistant in several of our courses, so had an insider look at uh, student learning in, in the writing department. Do you have any pro tips uh, to student authors to improve <laughs> their writing? I just just get out there and do stuff. The main, number one thing I say when I talk to students and talk to classes is like take as many opportunities as you can while you're in university. Like get outside the ring if you're at UVic. Go and get involved in the community. Pitch stories to local magazines to whoever and see if they'll get you published. And you'll learn from that. And you'll learn so much from talking to more than just your classmates. I think that's really a big deal. I The teachers in the writing department have been so supportive of me and in the other faculties as well, but I've grown those relationships. So, like, you know, use your professors. They know a lot. They know people. They can help you. So just take all the opportunities you can and don't just do your assignments and wait for a semester to end, I think. Great. Uh, I know you probably don't have a lot of free time with <laughs> the, all the, the balls you are juggling. Um but if you get some chance for pleasure reading, who or what have you read recently that really wowed you? Oh, I hate these I hate these questions because I always my mind just always goes completely blank. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I always read a really wide variety of things. I usually have like five or six books on the go. Um, I'm also my job that I have right now is working at the legislative assembly. So we've been working like 10, 11 hour days. So there hasn't really been reading of words when I've gotten off work. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading on like settler responsibility lately and just trying to figure out how to be a settler person in these in colonial lands and what that means and kind of sitting with that I'm also very slowly working my way through the TRC report right now and you know you can't read that quickly and just really sitting and digesting with that I think that anyone who's doing work in Canada should be reading these things and thinking about these conversations uh, journalists like to think that we're either neutral or um, sit in a area where we know a lot of things, but there's so much that we don't know and there's so many other voices to listen to. Great. Uh, a few last questions here. You also play roller derby. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it on the Eves of Destruction team? It's the Eves of Destruction League, League. And then I'm on the Margarita Villains house team and the A team. Fantastic. Thinking metaphorically, <laughs> in what ways is roller derby like writing? <laughs> I... 
it's there's some beautiful movements I guess I, I I don't know I just really like to be able to go out there and be really physical with my body instead of just being so intellectual it's it's also a very complicated sport with a lot of strategy so we do need to be able to articulate those things and it helps to be able to do that we also are a large nonprofit society so there is a governance structure so being able to communicate is very important um, but I mean honestly it's just nice to go out there and kind of turn your brain off and use your body sometimes Fantastic. Uh, anything that you'd like to add or any questions that I didn't ask? Uh, subscribe to Concrete Garden? No, we already said that. Um, I don't know. Just support local media. It's so important and it's we're going to lose it and we're not going to know what we've got until it's gone. You know, if you enjoy something, pay for it, support it, tell your friends. And you need to realize that if you don't support things, they won't they won't be there. So I think that's the main thing. And what's the website again? Concretegarden.ca. You can find all our past issues. You can subscribe. You can read our features on there. You can find the pitch sub submission guidelines. And just, you know, send us an email. Send us a Facebook message if you ever have any questions. Um, I'm usually there on the other side to answer. Great. Thank you. That was Quinn McDonald, the editor and co-founder of Concrete Garden Magazine and a former professional writing student in the Department of Writing. Watch this space for future updates about the students, alumni, faculty members and visiting guest authors at UVic's Department of Writing. And send us your ideas for future interviews or a name for our untitled podcast to writing at uvic.ca. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. <laughs>